0: Hey, you found us. Yes, you found the Redheaded Preacher podcast from St. Peter's United Church of Christ in Skokie, an open and affirming congregation in the United Church of Christ. Thanks for tuning in. This is June 18th. And of course, who knows when you'll be able to listen to this and when you'll find it. But welcome. And today's message is called Open. It, is, it was chosen because the uh, United Church of Christ has a movement called Open and Affirming, and congregations uh, can join that after a process um, which is a claim and uh, a reality of that congregation within the UCC being open to and affirming of persons who are LGBTQ plus, uh, and the covenants that the churches make are usually more explicit and they're, they're more detailed than that, as ours is. And so this sermon, I decided for the last two Sundays of Pride Month to do one Sunday on open and one on affirming. And the angle of this sermon really is something that could have been preached years ago, maybe even before we did the vote. Um, so there's a lot of basic stuff in here, I think, but I don't think it's all basic. And uh, that's why I wrote it. And the, I had a couple of qualifications after I finished it that I thought might be make this not the greatest sermon, but I lifted those up before I preached it. So you will hear those, um, qualifications that, that I lifted up before I deliver the message. Our lector is Barb Todd. The scriptures are from Genesis, from Romans and from the gospel according to Matthew. And it's a full length sermon. So strap it in or strap it down as, uh, some broadcasters say. And, um, Wherever you are, I hope you'll be able to listen to the whole thing. So, again, thanks for tuning in, and here we go with Barb and the Scriptures. Sounds like the name of a band.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Now, some of our passages this morning point to simple things like hospitality and welcome. These are the entrees to today's sermon, which is a part one of two for this month, today being open, and next Sunday being affirming. As we get ready to hear these books, chapters, and verses, let us be welcoming and glad to receive what is coming to us in the next few minutes. Gifts from God and God-inspired people throughout early history. Please join me then, won't you, in the spirit of prayer before hearing it. Let us pray. Holy and mysterious Spirit of God, as we are about to listen to some of these passages from Scripture, move among us, move within us. Let us sense you are speaking to us and give you our full attention. Grant us a ready understanding so we may be ready when ready, called on to share the good news of your open arms of love. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Our first reading brings us back to Genesis, where we were last week. Today is chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mora as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, my Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servant. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves. And after that, you may pass on, me, since you have come to your servant. So they said, Do as you have said. And Abraham hastened into the tent of Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of choice flour, knead it, and make cakes. Abraham ran to the herd and took a calf, tender and good, and gave it to the servant who hastened to prepare it. Then he took herds and milk and the calf that he had prepared and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree while they ate. This ends the reading from Genesis. Our epistle lesson is in two sections. First we'll hear Romans 15 verses 7 through 9 and then from the letter to Hebrews chapter 13 the first two verses. Paul wrote. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the circumcised on behalf of the truth of God, in order that he might confirm the promises given to the patriarchs, and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written. Therefore I will confess you among the Gentiles, and I sing praises to your name. And now these two verses from Hebrews. Let mutual love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing that some have entertained angels without knowing. This ends our epistle lesson, two epistle lessons. For those who are able, please rise for the reading of the gospel. Today is Matthew chapter 22, verses 1 through 14. Once more, Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who gave a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his slaves to call those who had been invited to the wedding banquet, but they would not come. Again, he sent other slaves, saying, Tell those who had been invited, look, I have prepared my dinner, my oxen and my fat calves have been slaughtered, and everything is ready. Come to the wedding banquet. But they made light of it and went away, one to his farm, another to his business, while the rest seized his slaves, mistreated them, and killed them. Well, the king was enraged. He sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his slaves, the wedding is ready, but those invited were not worthy. Go, therefore, into the main streets and invite everyone you find to the wedding banquet. The slaves went out into the streets and gathered all whom they found, both good and bad, so the wedding hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to see the guests, he noticed a man there who was not wearing a wedding robe. And he said to him, Friend, how did you get in here without a wedding robe? And he was speechless. Then the king said to the attendants, find him hand and foot, and throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. Here ends the reading of the Gospel for the other scriptures for this morning's service. Thanks be to God for this, the word of the God of life, for the life of the people.
0: I do not usually qualify my sermons, I just preach them. Um, But after writing this, it it still didn't quite sit with me. I did make some changes yesterday. And what I wanna say before I preach it is, when I wrote this, I wrote this as, you know, and it is having to do with our openness as part of being open and affirming. I wrote this as a, a straight man with the presumption I was speaking mostly to other straight folks. That really wasn't a fair presumption to make, so I apologize for that. And But in so doing, I also may have created what's the last thing I want to create, which is, is any sense of us-them. So if anyone senses that, that is not intended, and I, again, I apologize. Open is usually a positive word isn't it? Open means access. It means you can come in. Open means business is still going on. You're not too late. It means progress. Like when you open an app or a book to read or one of those communion kits when you're peeling off, you know, to get to the wafer in the cup and you succeed. That's progress. Or the lunch you brought to work, opening that up. That's progress because your body needs fuel. But sometimes it's a mixed blessing. Like the wrapped package which says do not open until December 25th. And sometimes it's used for polemics, like open borders, or to describe something bad like open sores. Even there's a point about access or entrance, good or bad. When it came time for the United Church of Christ to come up with a phrase describing the national body's posture towards persons who are lesbian, gay, bisexual, uh, transgendered, or queer slash questioning, and now beyond those, to include intersexual and asexual, the decision makers coined our well-known phrase, open and affirming, as we are in Pride Month. I thought that although we are almost five years into having adopted our open and affirming covenant, which we will affirm aloud next Sunday, it might be helpful to spend some time with what open means in this context. And it might be a step back, it might be, haven't we done this already, but you know, I didn't preach this. Um, What do you think it means when St. Peter says we're open and affirm? What do I think it means? You know, our actual covenant does not use the word open in it. It does state that we believe that all persons are created equal and in the image of God. That means that regardless of gender or gender identity, sexual orientation, and more, we affirm one another's humanity and being made in God's image as humans are, giving human life a sacred kind of value or worth. It's basic, right? I did not start a conscious journey to open this to gay folks until I met Beth's friend, Randy, whom I actually met before I met Beth. And I just received him as a, f- a future friend. I didn't meet or knowingly meet anyone who was, well, I wouldn't have, I would have been knowing. I didn't meet anyone who was openly gay before Randy. Randy was a person. Period. And he became a good friend. It was no longer, if it ever was for me, those people, because in him I found the simple truth that regardless of gender identity or orientation, first and foremost, gay people. people, fellow human beings, and the best way most of us who weren't initially inclined to be open and affirming is by having relationships with folks who are LGBTQ+. That is the start of openness for a lot of us. For those of us who are people of the book, also acknowledging not only the humanity of all people, But also all of us being made in God's image like all humans are that lets the door open as we pushed wider open now as I indicated that sounds old hat to many if not all of us but let's remember that there are many many churches and denominations which either are not that open or stop before getting there a lot of churches are not open to lgbtq plus persons attending their worship unless they're closeted of course coming to their activities or joining a ministry they're not open to their presence nor the possibility of them having a living faith in jesus christ which gas makes them sisters and brothers and others in christ as well as a fellow human being made in god's image now folks who a fundamentalist bent and i prefer to use the word fundamentalist than evangelical Folks of a fundamentalist event only think of the word abomination from the Old Testament and just transfer that clobber word with its context and history onto the persons in question themselves. Not only is there a total absence of openness in terms of claiming everyone's God-given humanity or having a friendship, there is also an absence of openness, I suggest, within their own minds and hearts. Hospitality is one manifestation or evidence of openness to others, including strangers. Decades ago, Beth and I saw the film The Falcon and the Snowman with Sean Penn and Timothy Hutton. At one point, the two of them are outside in the cold, standing by a road holding up signs for help. And one of the signs quotes Hebrews 13, 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers for for by doing so that some have entertained angels unawares. Now you know where the writer of the letter to the Hebrews got that? And interestingly enough, a script writer knew that. but you were the writer of the letter to the Hebrews got that from from Genesis eighteen. The story of Abraham and Sarah and a slave and the mysterious visitors, as my study Bible notes put it, is a fine description of oriental hospitality. We know that hospitality was and remains a highly valued trait, at least in the Middle East and in other cultures and places. The Genesis 18 hospitality was hand in hand with a welcoming attitude and words of welcome and servant-like deeds. Abraham twice called himself your servant to these strange guests He brings them to rest under the shade in the heat of the day He promises some bread But between he and Sarah and the slave they bless these unknown visitors later thought of in Genesis as angels or the Lord Not just with some cakes of bread, but also a meal with lamb and milk he stood by while they ate like an attentive waiter. They entertained angels without knowing it. And so Hebrews 13 exhorts Christians to do the same. Right after, let mutual love continue. Openness reveals itself practically in hospitality, meeting someone's needs, service, and in Genesis 18, service with teamwork. It wasn't just Abraham. It wasn't just Abraham and Sarah. It was them plus this servant or slave who put it all together. This hospitality showed the unknown visitors a safe place, reflected by, giving, by being given to the space in the shade. There was no judgment or fear that the Scripture tells us about on behalf of the hosts. In thinking about the word open, I jotted down some of what I think openness includes. On top of what I've already said, and on top of what I've mentioned, the scriptures say, I wrote open slash welcome slash invitation, open door, safe space, more than tolerance, more like acceptance, comfort level of body, mind, and soul, open minded, open handed, not judging parenthesis part of a safe place as believers meeting lgbtq plus persons and believers i jotted further acknowledging the validity of their faith in christ and their equality with us all before god made in the image and under the cross and in the light of the resurrection now all of this pertains to any guests not shining a light specifically or only an LGBTQ plus person's need for hospitality per se, but yes, shining a light, the light, capital L, on being open to and being a safe place for those not always welcome to be who they are in the community of faith, but also often demonized, unwelcome, not only unhelped, but hurt, scarred, threatened, condemn now i could go deeper into our unity in christ by developing the theology of our unity in christ grounded in god's grace extended to all i could expound on top of that that a common faith receiving that grace unites us all I could spend time on the parable from Matthew 22, making plain God's open invitation to the Messianic banquet at the end of time. For this is kind of an eschatological or end times parable, at least when it comes to any kind of judgment. In its original telling, the guests, this is from commentaries, I can't profess I would have thought of this by myself, In its original telling, the guests who were initially invited and said they'd come, but then when it was time to come, they blew off the invitation and they made excuses and even attacked the messengers of this repeated invitation. These were those of the house of Israel who rejected Jesus to the point of sometimes later participating in killing the messengers like Saul of Tarsus did, later known as Paul. So, when many in the house of Israel turned away, the original invitees, the chosen people, the king called for everyone else, that is, the Gentiles. Those whom the Jews, not all of them, but those whom most Jews, including rabbis, considered outcasts, unrighteous, undesirable, and in some cases condemned, were now urged to come into the king's table. Now, might not some of today's people who are seen by some as outside the covenants of God like lesbians gays bisexuals transgendered queer slash questioning couldn't they be the invited ones God was more than open and hospitable as the king well I could spend more time with that and with the passage barb read from Romans that text was used as the opening bible quote In the UCC's open and affirming coalition in its webinar ONA and the Bible. Welcome one another, therefore, just as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. What I want to share with you though, while time remains, is the idea of open here pertaining not just to being open in so many ways to those in the lgbtq plus communities who are unwelcome in other places other churches but also pertaining openness pertaining to our minds the idea of open pertaining to ourselves before we would truly claim openness to let alone affirmation of persons who do not identify as straight for instance if you or i heard the call to be open and affirming but you know, we're not there at first It is a process for a lot of people, and they may not have been there at first. I believe that you or I needed to be open to God's changing our understanding, not only of persons in the LGBTQ communities, but also open to God's changing us, if need be. Long ago, I had conversations with men who had been sexually assaulted or harassed when they were vulnerable, by other men in their past. They later have or had a powerful negative reaction to talk of such openness. They, I think, confused pedophilia with homosexuality, and that is confusion that still persists in some corners and is a confusion. They are not the same. But respecting the depth of their feelings, can they become open to letting God heal them to the point of being open to gay men as people and as gay men of faith? Is there an openness to the power of God to heal such hurts and reactions and grant understanding? If so, there's openness to the possibility of God helping and changing us, if we need it. Another openness for some who may consider being open but are not there yet is to ask how open they are to the power of God to change our interpretations of some scriptures, particularly the clobber passages used to justify the condemnation of persons who are not heterosexual. That, too, is part of being open, even before some can claim to being truly open. Five years ago, here, as part of our campaign on behalf of the Open and Affirming Covenant before the vote, the ONA committee put forth a bulletin insert for a few weeks in a row, challenging the misapplication of the word, particularly the word abomination, and the death penalty of the Old Testament, which was attributed to abominable behavior, but how many other places? So the application of the death penalty was kind of applied there. It was not necessarily you know, a correct application, let alone of the word itself. Reading that insert, that kind of laid it out there scripturally, that put things in their context, their historical and cultural context, reading that insert, I was told, did not make a difference to some in how they looked at those scriptures. Some were open to the possibility of God changing their minds about how to interpret the cherry-picked scriptures and found their minds changed. Someone who is not super sure about being open as an ONA can ask themselves about their openness in this area. There are resources beyond what the fundies will tell you. Things have changed. Excuse me, I missed something. Lastly for this morning, you don't want me to miss that. Lastly for this morning, being open itself can be a growth process. Way back in 2018 or 2019, an opportunity presented itself from the ONA coalition to watch the webinar ONA and evangelism. Only a couple of persons showed interest and watched it. Openness, I came to believe, is not static but dynamic. Our growth as far as learning more hit a stalling season. Things have changed. We have changed. I'll still act because that stalling isn't happening anymore. It's got, that stalling is being stalled. It's over. I still ask though, are we open to learning more about the LGBTQ plus communities, especially trans folks? Are we open to learning more about those to whom we declare ourselves open, seeing as equal in God's eyes? An easy question on this. To make it plain is how good are you and I and st. Peter's at knowing how to use the terms they them for trans persons pronouns ah it might take some work there are free videos online that help explain them and how to use them if we are open to learning more this will really be, and so this will, and as we learn more, this will be an increasingly hospitable place for all. Does it not behoove us to have a grasp of these? It is a spirit seeking to convey hospitality and openness and awareness that is behind those who share their own pronouns in Zoom meetings or emails. Are we open to learning more? and to being taught. The ad hoc ONA support committee is at work trying to schedule a screening here of the short film Learn With Love by the Trevor Project. It is about three transgender persons and their relationships with the persons who love them. I have not seen it, but members of the committee have, and I am told it's quite powerful. The hope is for this screening to be in August. That, along with the video about pronouns, Are just a couple of opportunities for education to which i ask we be open the more we learn the more informed and authentic will be our openness and affirmation in turn greater will be the experience lgbtq guests and staff and members have of unity in christ as romans says to the glory of god and that's really what we're about, is the glory of God. Amen. To the glory of God. Yes, that is a marvelous way to end a sermon and to end a life. Not that we're talking about anyone doing that, I hope. Um, it's just a way to dedicate a life. It just occurred to me while I was recording this, um, this outro for our podcast this is the kind of message I think that for some people will start a lot of thinking. Um, and there may be some things folks who have listened are thinking that, well, I could have said that or I could have gone down this road and I don't dispute that. Um, that's why it was so long. There was so much to try to cover and, uh, I just had to, you know, stop. (laughs) I had to set some boundaries on how many ways I could go through this or into this and different roads and angles I could approach. I thank you for listening and I thank you for your support as always thanks go to our producer and publisher Laura Olson and next week is going to be for us June 25th which is Pride Sunday uh, acknowledged in a lot of churches including ours and also within the United Church of Christ and really throughout the part of the United States that observes this movement so until then May God bless you, and may God bless your
1: week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to The Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.